The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Remember, no case is typical. You should not expect to experience these same results. Welcome. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with our host, Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and we have a very special guest to share with you. That's just a few moments away here in the program today. But our conversation today is all about deep faith for dark valleys. Percy? Well, when we think about, again, the dynamic and the conversation of cancer or any real negative thing that's impacting us, we are essentially in a valley and we feel it's dark and we're not sure how or what we should do to handle that. Well, we're going to talk about in this conversation of how one's deep faith or the bedrock or the core of their faith allowed them to work through that deep, dark valley. Talking about bedrock, our foundation is the scripture. So take us to a verse of scripture today. Our spiritual nugget for today is found in Psalms, the 62nd chapter, verses 1 and 2. I wait quietly before the Lord, for my victory comes from him. Verse 2, he alone is my rock. And my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. Today, we want to talk about what is our rock and what are we building upon that rock? We're going to amplify that verse of scripture in our conversation here today. And later, we'll offer you a special resource on integrative cancer care. So stay tuned for that. But Percy, why don't you introduce our special guest? We have back with us today uh, a dear friend of mine's. Uh, Jerry Rose, who we've interviewed before, and he is a two-time cancer survivor. He is the former president of TLN TV Network and now the current chairman of the board for the same. We want to talk about, again, your your process, if you will, about being a cancer survivor and being a cancer patient. But from the perspective of ministering to cancer patients, you are also in ministry. Uh, you've been in ministry a long time, and you now have been on both sides of the equation of being ministered to or attempted to be ministered to by people who were very well intended uh, when you were a cancer patient. And now I'm sure you have had the opportunity to minister to individuals. Let's talk about some things that are relevant about ministering effectively to cancer patients, things that we can do, we should do, things that we shouldn't do, things that are not effective from the perspective of being a patient yourself and also being a minister. Let's talk about ministering effectively to cancer patients. Well, you know, one of the things from a, uh, a negative standpoint, one of the things that I discovered is that uh, a lot of people just don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, they tend to want not only to avoid the subject, they want to avoid you. Yeah. Uh, because they, you know, they're just not sure what to say. And, and so it's better for them not to be around you. Sure. But one of the things that, that, uh, was very troublesome to me after I went through this. When I went through my prostate cancer, I wanted to get on with my life. Okay. And so I didn't choose to be a part of support groups and Mm. so forth because I wanted, and I think almost to a fault, I wanted to forget it ever happened and get on about my life and get on about my my work and my ministry. Uh, Looking back on it, you know, I, I think I would handle it a little bit differently. But... It was interesting because when after my cancer, we would have people over to visit. And without really re- realizing what they were doing, 
they started talking about people they knew that had cancer like mine. Okay. Who died. Okay. <laughs> you know, and and they didn't realize how what a negative that was to me. Sure. And so, you know, I would reach a point to where I would say to them, you know, that's not a topic I want to talk about. Okay. You know, it wasn't I, helpful for you. No, this is not helpful for me. I, I'm I'm looking at life. I'm not looking at death at this point. And so, you know, I really uh, that's not a good topic for me to talk about because I wanted you know I wanted people to talk about life because I was living. Yeah. And I saw myself as a as a survivor. I one of the things that I've learned personally, okay. and everybody handles this differently. I haven't gone around talking a lot about the fact, though I have talked about it on the air, mm-hmm. on my show, Yeah, but I have talked to quite a few people who have gone through both kinds of cancers that I've had, okay. prostate cancer and uh, colon cancer. And in my conversations with them, you know, I've said, here's something I want you to get in your mind and hang on to. Hmm. You can survive this. Okay. Here I am. I've gone through it. I've gone through the radiation. I've gone through the surgeries. I've gone through all of this. Two things you need to know. Number one, you can survive it. And number two, you need to know is you can go through this with a sense of peace. Okay. And then I like to talk to them about where that peace comes from. Got it. So I'll back up just for a second, and it's interesting the way that you started out this this statement is that one of the things that we know, one of the things that I'm acutely aware of is that probably number one uh, dynamic that cancer patients uh, in many cases struggle with is a sense of abandonment from people. sense of abandonment yeah. that because people don't feel comfortable with you any longer. So they don't know what to say. They don't it, know what to say. So they don't say anything. They avoid you. Well – and, you know, it's interesting because there's some – the other thing I say to people, there's times when you don't say anything. You just listen. Right. But that's when that's when you get close to a person. Yep. You know, there, there are certain times that you just sit with somebody. They know you're there. They know you love them. They know you're concerned about them. They know you're compassionate. And you listen to them. And you don't necessarily try to – Fill them full of all of your favorite scriptures sure, and things sure. like that. Absolutely. But you listen and you be there for them. And sometimes that that quiet presence mm-hmm. can do more for a person than I think people really realize. But because people don't know what to say sometimes, they they do. They yeah. they just kind of don't want to be with you and you then that person who has gone through the cancer does feel a certain sense of abandonment by people that they thought they were pretty close to. Yeah, so so the other side of the equation is that for those who don't know what to say, then they don't say or do anything, but then there are those who who say things that are inappropriate, a bad timing or things that just should not be said that that could re- would be better handled by just simply having what I often like to say the best availability that any one of us can present and make available to a cancer patient is our availability. The best ability that we have is our availability, sometimes being quiet, holding their hand, listening to them, 
or just having a nice quiet moment is a very powerful thing. So I appreciate you reinforcing the fact because you have two extremes that can take place. I don't say anything because I don't know what to say or I say things that are just simply inappropriate that I should not say. And finding a happy medium with respect to that really becomes very crucial and important of just being willing to be available for cancer. Well, yes, very important. Uh, Another aspect of this that I think is important, you know, I I grew up uh, in the Pentecostal church where we always have believed very strongly in divine healing. Uh Uh, However, I grew up in an environment uh, with a mother who had some of the most incredible spiritual balance you could imagine. And she believed that God gifted uh, ministers with healing and also gifted doctors with healing. Okay. And I remember as a kid when I would have tonsillitis and I'd, you know, had like have a 103, 104 fever, my mother would call our pastor and our family doctor. Mm. And sometimes uh, the pastor was Dr. Eby, uh, the family doctor was Dr. Fry, and that was when, you know, he had this old black coupe. And he would come, he had a frumpy suit and and the bag, and he would come sit by your bed and put his arm on your shoulder. The doctor and the pastor both understood that. And there were times the pastor would get there and he'd, you know, do the little cross on the head and anoint me with oil, lay his hands on me and pray for me. And then Dr. Fry would get there. And I'll never forget, you know, I remember uh, how he would say it. He would say, well, it looks like the preacher got here before I did. Your fever's gone. You're going to be fine. The next time, I might get a penicillin shot. But my, that was always the balance that my mother had. Give both of them an opportunity. Let God work through either one of them the way he wants. So but what would happen, I remember uh, one person came to visit me in the hospital mm-hmm. and uh, said, uh, you don't need to be laying there. Just get up. Have the faith, you know, mm. have the faith just to walk out of here. Mm. And they were, I was getting prepared for surgery. You know, you don't need that surgery. Just walk out of here, trust God. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing I would say to people, don't force your faith on someone else. That's correct. Let God plant the faith in that person because I believe in surgery. Mm. I don't think that's bad. No. I believe in divine healing. Mm-hmm. And I have experienced incredible divine healings okay. in my life. But I've also uh, experienced when when medicine and in that case, surgery yes. uh, brought healing, and it was it was tough for me when uh, when the person walked in and was trying to to force their faith on me. Okay, what I wanted was their compassion yes. and their prayer. And if they believed that I should get up and walk out of there, then what I wish that they would have done would have been just to have prayed and said, "Lord, give Jerry the faith that he needs to to be able to do this." But that kind of of, of aggressive forcing mm-hmm. of my faith on somebody else, uh, I have a problem with that. Uh, one of my spiritual mentors many years ago, Jerry, taught me this statement, and I've never forgotten it. He said, learn the difference between uh, exposing your faith to someone versus imposing your faith upon someone. Exactly. That's a, that's a very good way to say it. And so the balance there is a great lesson, and I'm, I'm sure that there are those who are listening that can appreciate it, hopefully will value the fact, and I've also experienced uh, as a hospital chaplain, individuals who came in very well intended, who basically shunned the medical team, shunned the doctors, shunned the clinicians in the in the disposition of, you know, the people of faith are in the room now and we're going to take over. And the fact of the matter is, is that there can be a healthy and respectful and responsive balance between the world of medicine and science and the world of faith and spirituality. The thing that I appreciated about it was that compassionate balance. 
that uh, you were there. Yes, sir. You were chaplain. I had spiritual uh, guidance. At the same time, I had a naturopathic doctor that uh, recommended uh, diet and so forth mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. I had uh, left the hospital. And I remember when I went through colon cancer, I had a wonderful gastroenterologist. But at, at the end of it, I said, so, you know, what should I do about diet? And basically, they said, well, if it makes you sick, don't eat it. That was not the case at Cancer Treatment Center. You know, there was a plan for you that included who you were spiritually. I think that it's important for all of us to realize that. But when we're talking to somebody who is going through this kind of illness, try to be sensitive to where they are spiritually. Okay. And they may not be where you are spiritually. And in many cases probably are not. So I think we have to be sensitive. And I think that when we go in, we have the opportunity to pray for somebody. But mostly listen, be compassionate, and pray for them. And I, I, I got to really qualify this, but don't go in and with with all of your you know your favorite scripture and so forth and and overwhelm them. Sure. With be human with them. Yes. And with your spirituality, does that make sense? No, it makes perfectly good sense. And again, it's it's great advice. And again, coming from someone who's been on both sides of the equation is important to hear, uh, because you're right. Well-intended believers sometimes lose sight of the humanity component of their intent because of their fervor and their desire to represent God in the picture, but really negate and, and again, impose in ways that can be negatively impactful to patients under certain circumstances. So again, hearing that is very crucial and important. Last uh, thing that I'll ask of you with the, with the, the minute that we have here left, what's the one big thing that you would say to anybody that is important for them to know and understand about supporting someone with cancer from a faith perspective. Understand that what that person needs to do is dig down past all of the superficial stuff in their life and find their core and find the bed. I call it the bedrock. And I I wrote a book about that. Uh, Dig down and find your bedrock and work through all of the superficial stuff in your life, which may seem incredibly important. Mm. But when you start digging down, What is it in my life that will sustain the weight of eternity? And if you can help guide a person to that and pray for them and and help them to be able to reach down and find the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, Mm. even in those circumstances, because that's what the person needs. And if you can just, through your compassion, help them to find that place, you've done them a great service. Jerry Rolls, two-time cancer survivor, uh, Christian TV executive, and friend of Reverend Percy McCrae's. I thank you for being with me and being on our show today. God bless you, man. Thank you. It's good to be with you again. And uh, again, thank you very much for the opportunity. I really, I've enjoyed this and I appreciate the opportunity to do it. So thank you. Well, as Jerry said, if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, where they treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, they take an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral 
oral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. We heard from Jerry Rose here today. Jerry's been a good friend of yours, Percy, and mine, too, for many, many years. We respect Jerry a great deal. We do. He has done tremendous things in the faith community from a broadcasting perspective, uh, ministry and outreach. And so Jerry is highly respected and loved. Uh, but he also has now walked the path of being a cancer patient and one who now can talk from that perspective and share his story. And he did just that in helping us unpack some things relative to supporting cancer patients and being effective in doing so. Yeah, it was quite powerful to hear from Jerry and his own personal experience, really kind of the do's and don'ts of how to relate to someone who's been diagnosed with cancer. And again, from a, in a very sophisticated approach to understanding some of the nuances of do's and don'ts, if you will. And when we think about that, you know, it's not necessarily always about some absolutes. It's about understanding the subtleties of certain things of what, when, where, and how we can support cancer patients. Let's talk more about what we learned from Jerry in just a moment, but also let me insert here that we have a resource called Integrative Cancer Care that really fits right in with the conversation with Jerry today. We want to place this resource into your hands, and the easiest way to do that is to make it available on our website for you right now. You can download this PDF right now, Integrative Cancer Care at healthhopeandinspiration.com. There's more to cancer care than ridding the body of cancer cells. Equally important is the goal of maintaining quality of life while undergoing treatment. So download this resource, Integrative Cancer Care at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, let me ask you, uh, you were talking with Jerry a moment ago. What did you take away from the conversation? Well, there are many key components here. But again, as mentioned earlier, understanding the finer nuances. My experience, Wayne, again, being traditionally trained as a pastor, you know, systematic theology. In some cases, we tend to be inflexible with our approach to people, particularly from a faith perspective. And what I've learned over the years and what what 20 years of bedside chaplaincy ministry has taught me is that we've got to be extremely sensitive and aware of the unique individual that is sitting before us, not to mention their unique circumstances and situations. And so we can't just take a bulldozer approach to how we support people from a faith perspective. Jerry made mention of, you know, just kind of overwhelming someone with all of your favorite scriptures and, you know, practically shoving them down (laughs) one's throat. That though our, we we stand on the word of God, we trust in the word of God. But how we deliver that and and unpack that to people requires sensitivity. It requires tact. It requires timing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's a big takeaway that Jerry helped us to understand today. And I appreciated you pointing out there's a difference between exposing our faith and imposing our faith because it's it, it really has to do with its intent. And it's execution, because when we expose our faith to individuals, there's a more subtle element of of discourse and disclosure there. When we're 
imposing our faith. It really speaks to the aggressive nature that becomes, quite frankly, uh, disrespectful and overwhelming and then begins to put people in some cases in a state of defense and they're not comfortable with that dialogue. And then they not, they're not open to the discussion from there. And I remind our listeners that at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. It's not imposed. No, it's, it's a fundamental principle that all of our uh, spiritual support people and chaplains uh, adhere to at all times. We need to find out where the patient is located, what their needs specifically are, and what do they want, and then tailor that visit according to that. Let me ask you about integrative cancer care. Uh, You and Jerry touched on it here today. Talk to me about integrative cancer care. First of all, define what that means. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting term. I was just on a plane ride with an individual who was a nurse who asked me, as many people do on the plane, what do I do? for a living you're you're this chipper happy go looking guy you know what do you do for a living you know i'm just curious about you're, your personality you're a positive person yeah and 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 i and i re- i appreciate that because i want to spread positive energy to people and so then i i unpack what i do and then of course that opens up a whole nother conversation and in that this particular person who was a long time practicing nurse wanted to talk about the difference of integrative medicine, alternative medicine, all of those different schools of thought. And sometimes they get interchanged incorrectly. They're not the same. They are not the same. The perspective of Cancer Treatment Centers of America, as well as my personal and ministerial perspective, is integrative approaches are for supportive care purposes during conventional medical treatment and not a replacement for conventional medical care. And that's where people begin to think about alternative medicine. And she and I had a very robust discussion on the difference (laughs) between the two. And I said, no, uh, we are not practicing alternative medicine. This is integrative support care, spirituality, naturopathy, mind, body, and nutritional support care services help patients manage side effects and maintain quality of life while undergoing conventional medical treatments, but are not intended to be utilized to replace conventional medical care. So integrative care, you've taught me, encompasses several areas like managing one's pain. Right. So I can break it up this way. The mental components of that person, the emotional components, the spiritual components. These are some areas that are potentially compromised during one's medical treatment, like pain management, as you've mentioned. Integrative care allows us to support and undergird patients with respect to all of those other ancillary types of things that take place during one's medical treatment. There are other elements as well that go into integrative cancer care. You can read about them in this resource we're offering to you for download right now. It's called Integrative Cancer Care. It's available at healthhopeandinspiration.com. It's a free download. Uh, There's no obligation. Just uh, give us your email address and download this resource. And then we encourage you to print out copies and share it or just share the link with other people so they can download their own copy of this resource. Again, in the Facebook community, share, 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 (laughs) share this information and pass it along. And again, people will be blessed and encouraged and educated at the same time. You know, there's one more thing, Percy, I encourage our listeners to do as many, many are doing. Tens of thousands of people have signed up and subscribed to our podcast of this program. The thing you're listening to right now is available as a podcast. And uh, it's it's really finding a place in people's uh, hearts and minds. I have been pleasantly surprised and pleased 
and in the fact that the work that we're doing here is really reaching many in the in the marketplace around the subject of health, hope and inspiration. Please subscribe to the show. Please encourage others to subscribe to the podcast so you can receive that directly to your uh, device, your phone, your your laptop, your tablet, and you can listen to this anytime you choose, anywhere you want. Subscribing is super easy when you go to healthhopeandinspiration.com. And how about some inspiration again from the scripture? So we close with our spiritual nugget for the day, and we've already talked about this. What is our the rock of our faith, and what is it built upon? Psalms, the 62nd chapter, verses 1 and 2 says, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, where I will never be shaken. You sound like you believe that. And I know you do, Percy. Thanks so much. That's Reverend Percy McRae, our host here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Go to that website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Look for this week's resource, download it instantly, and share it with others as well. Health, Hope, and Inspiration. In fact, why not take another 30 seconds and subscribe to the free Health, Hope, and Inspiration podcast. You'll receive a weekly email telling you about the latest program, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Thanks for listening today. Percy, great to be with you. The best is still yet to come in our lives, Wayne. We expect more. Hallelujah. Hope and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with past pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.